Hello, I'm Jim Cameron of the Crinoy Podcast, and you're listening to Doctor Who's line, is it? Anyway, where everything's made up and neither script nor canon matters. behind me like that what do you like yes welcome welcome back listeners welcome back lovely lovely listeners to doctor who's line is it hmm. anyway um we're still reviewing uh the series is still continuing and we've now got to the haunting of villa diodati so it's time to join robin sue darren and randy and some other bloke uh to review this particular episode, so let's uh, crack on and get straight over to them, shall we? Hello again, listeners. Yes, it's us. It's us. Who else would it be? You know it's us. You're listening to it. You've, you, you, you've got the introduction at the beginning saying that it was us, so you know it's us. So there's no point us talking about it. See you next week. Bye-bye. Hmm. It's not me. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, <laughs> right. Yes, we are. we're reviewing again. We're reviewing again, and this week we are reviewing The Haunting of Villa Diodati. Oh, 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 oh. One Cyberman. Oh, there's only one Cyberman. Um, yes, so what did we all think? What did we all think? Loved it. Darren, we'll go to you first this week. Oh, coming to me first. Well, yes. you normally lead me to last. Well, yes, normally because... <laughs> <laughs> because I go and fuck things up. Well, your, huh? your, uh, your responses aren't always uh, <laughs> the ones we expected. So. But well, no, we'll this, start with you. So. This one might surprise you. I thought it was bloody brilliant. Absolutely cracking episode. Can't fault it. Good stuff. Can't fault it, blimey. Uh, Robin. Absolutely loved it. I I love a really good ghost story, and I was thinking before it aired, please don't let them fuck this up. And it was abs- absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Good. Sue, were you able to watch it? And if so, did what did you think of it? I was able to watch it. I had to cover my eyes a couple times. Yes. Absolutely loved it. It was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I agree with both Darren and Robin. Okay. It was great. Randy, are we four for four? Indeed we are. We. That's all Randy's saying on the subject. <laughs> well, I don't really have anything to add be- yeah, no, beyond what the others have said. Well, we're five for five because I thought it was phenomenal as well. And it's got to be said, this season when they're when they're getting it right, they're getting they're getting it right, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're hitting yeah. they're hitting yeah. the bullseye when they wow. when they've got it, they're right on. Yes, right. So let's let's take it from the top then. For for a while, it looked like it was a good old good old. Uh, celebrity historical looked like it was going to be a bit of a romp turned into a bit of a ghost story and then ended up as obvious as it was always likely to do to be fair um, uh, with um, a lot of picking up some of the the threads from the the series and leading into the the two part finale 
So uh, let's start first of all with the uh, the historical aspect of it. What did we th what did we think to that? Byron, Shelley, Polidori, and Co. Oh, fantastic! It's a beautifully cast, uh, lovely set, mm -hmm. great costumes, um, nice reuse of the set from uh, was it Rise of the Cybermen? Rise of the and, Cybermen, was, yes, and another yes. and another Matt. Yeah, and there was it was also a Matt Smith story as well. Uh, which one was I it? Remember. I saw some photos on Twitter. Was it the snowman? Remember. The something with the snowman? Oh, it could, it could be. be. Yes, could be the snowman. Because they had the Victoria. Because that's where mansion, he met Claire. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, the that Victorian mansion with the snowman. There was something with the snowman. Yeah, mm. that was what it was called. The episode was called something I'm with thinking. the snowman. Then it actually. <laughs> Well, I can't remember. I'm terrible at remembering episode titles if I haven't seen it in a while. Mm -hmm. the, the whole atmosphere felt very ghost-like. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. That's it, that's exactly what I was thinking. Well, it was set up that way from the start, wasn't it? I mean, the, the first thing that we get, we get the storm, um, and that's always good when you've got um, you've got anything sort of Victorian mansion in a storm in at night, flickering candlelight and and what have you. And and then obviously the um, <laughs> yeah. you know, the talk about ghost stories, and then the mm -hmm. then the, the mysterious ring on the doorbell, which I don't know if anybody wasn't expecting it to be the Doctor and crew. Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> but uh, Bradley was wonderful there. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, watch it. <laughs> oh, he was. This, he was yeah. just wonderful. His his lovely. Um, his lovely he was, he, was, he was quoting wasn't he from from somebody and the doctor went no wrong wrong writer yeah <laughs> <laughs> just goes off on his own tangent about her parking yeah trying to trying to uh, speak in the in the local vernacular mm -hmm. of the time yeah. yes and that was that was good and then of course they so they get invited in um well, I th I did think that first bit when the door when they opened the door and they were stood there in the rain it did remind me quite a lot of Brain of Morbius, the beginning of Brain of Morbius. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When the Doctor yes. calls on Solon. Um, and we all know, of course, that that was very gothic, and this, by definition, was always going to be gothic, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, yeah. Not, ju not just gothic, too, but uh, very sort of Frankenstein, uh, with Morbius being sort mm -hmm. of reassembled and mm -hmm. put, put together. Well, yes, yes, yeah. exactly, mm -hmm. yes. I suppose there was a, nat a natural... There was always going to be a natural connection to that story, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought of that one. No. Um, so, yes, yeah, so then they get invited in... Uh, and introduced to everybody, and then we get, we get that wonderful scene when the doctor's saying, "Oh, you know, this is first of all, we mustn't, you know, we mustn't mention Frankenstein. We mustn't push things. You know, we mustn't plant the ideas in people's heads." And nobody uh, bone Byron. <laughs> no, snag. Yeah, was it? Wasn't it snag him? Yes, I, yeah. I don't think anybody was ever yeah. going to bone Byron. <laughs> they were going to snag him. I think it was Byron who was doing the boning. Yeah, he was known as Byron the Boner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you read any of Percy Shelley's autobiographical works, you'll know you'll hear him refer to him as Byron the Boner. <laughs> yes, and so then the, the doctor checks said, out of the podcast to go look up some stuff in Google. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so the, so the doctor says, um, right? Oh, you know the, the the greatest literary minds of of their age. This is going to be spectacular, and they open the door, and they're all rolling around on the floor playing yeah. some some sort of game. Mm -hmm. That was uh, that was funny. And then the dance, oh, the dance! <laughs> yeah, 
up. <laughs> oh my stars, that was that was brilliant. And I thought they all did really well. It was it was yeah. it was yeah. fun. It um it remind it again, it, it reminded me a little bit of Black Orchid with um yes, the yes. Uh, yes, doing the Charleston. I, I, it reminded I me a bit of Strictly mm-hmm. Come Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was. No, they did a beautiful job. It was just boom, just it was elegant mm-hmm. to me. I thought it was beautiful. The, the dance was actually, <laughs> and here we go again. Was actually possibly more reminiscent of Maskerman Dragora actually than Black Orchid. Mm. Oh yes, um, yeah. Because of the, the style of dance that it was, mm-hmm. yeah, and the um, period, yeah, 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 but um, but yes, yeah, really, really good. Uh, and then of course Graham has to make his excuses because he has to go to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that was funny. And that it all was goes a bit wrong. <laughs> and one of those things that people are always saying, aren't they, about about Doctor Who episodes is why does nobody? You never see anybody eat. You never see anybody go to the toilet. Well, not not actually literally see them go to the toilet, but you only see them have to go to the toilet. And in this instance, we did. We get Graham mm-hmm. spending most of the episode wandering around trying to find a toilet. But what's his his bladder had oh. to have burst because he never found that damn toilet. And that's what's funny about the he, whole thing is he's looking for a toilet. He's looking for a twentieth century item in what an eighteenth century house. Yeah, exactly. It's called outhouse. It's called outside, <laughs> or a, or a bedpan or something like that. They, yeah, they would have used. And then they they yeah. did, did chamber pots and stuff. Yeah. They would. Well, uh, was it Fletcher, the the butler, wasn't he? He he did mm-hmm. point, he did point out at some at one point to Graham that there it is, and it's literally just this this hole. <laughs> this bowl yeah. you could just see Graham going uh yeah no <laughs> yeah. well and he did not he was, what I had like, in oh, mind poor bladder he was fantastically creepy as well the valet mm-hmm. it just kept sort of yeah. wonderful popping up behind people at the most oh, inopportune moments scaring yes, the shit yes. out of them I love that well every, every, everybody was popping up behind Graham unexpectedly wasn't he he got yeah. he was he did. He, he did more whoo, through the episode. I think than he ever has before. Um, I loved the ghost. Oh yes, yes. I well, we don't yeah. know what we don't them. know what they are, do we? We we we. Um, yeah, no. that was what? that woman and that little girl were never explained. They just were. No, they would just mm-hmm. pop up, and at one point they scare the crap out of Graham, and he's like, "You guys are like ninjas." Yes. Yeah. Like they know what a ninja. Like they know what a ninja was. But I just those little. They're creepy and scary, but there's a lightness to it and a almost comedic moment to it too. Yes. Yes. I mean, they brought. And I think I, Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, they never they never say or do anything but stare at him. So when he says you like ninjas, they just stare at him. I was kind of and expecting him at some point move. to go, come play with us. And um, yeah. And, yeah. and Graham yeah. says, uh, you, you just need a spray tan and a kip. <laughs> so they, yeah. they looked pale and tired. So there's three explanations to those that I can see. One is that they were just, you know, like a, a maid or a mother and daughter f- from the household. That, uh, that Because... The only people who talked about them were the doctor and and the crew. The the actual residents never actually said anything about them, and they weren't quizzed about them. So they could have actually been 
you know, part of the household that was that we just never never knew about. Or they could have been ghosts. Or there was a child. Could have been timeless. They could have been the skeletons. Hmm. Could, could have, have been, been skeletons, skeletons, but the skeletons, skeletons basically stayed the skeletons, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love the fact that it was it was just thrown in there and, and just not explained. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. a bit like yeah. with listen, you didn't have any explanation for whatever it was that was there in listen. Was it was it somebody mm-hmm. playing a joke? Was it somebody hiding under a blanket? Was it something alien? Never explained. Left up to everybody to make their own minds up about that. You know, and Graham's quizzical look at the end when it's like, "What do you mean yeah. they, they could have been was... ghosts?" Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that was, was a great, great little misdirect because you're spending time, time trying to figure out who the hell, who the hell are, are these people, people? And, and they're, they're just, just red herrings in the story. In the story. They, don't, yeah. they don't really. They're, 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 and, I and I love that, that little bit of bit because I I like trying to I like I'm very good at puzzles and I like trying to figure things out and I haven't been able to figure out the plot before we get to the ending of the story to figure out the ending before we get there. Yeah, it's 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 far more Moffaty, isn't it, this year than yeah than last year when it was reasonably obvious at times what was going to happen. This season we've been hoodwinked many times, and Stephen Moffat was the absolute master of hoodwinking. He would he would set something up in absolutely plain sight that nobody would ever see, and then it became so obvious after he'd done it that he said, "How on earth did I didn't I not work this out beforehand?" And this and, is and see, I was pretty good at figuring out some of the stuff that he set up with Moffat's writing. I was pretty good at, at figuring, out figuring out some of his puzzles. His puzzles. I, but I've, I've been going. Did it see that one coming? coming? Yeah. Yeah, I think we've all been saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I was just going to say with the the two go back to the ghost and the skeleton because uh, Byron, uh, Byron does say, say yes, I have a corpse in the in the house and pulls out the skeleton and it's like I wonder if that's the woman because eventually the skeleton ended up in the crib, which could have been the child. That was that was creepy. That was thing I've seen him Doctor Who in a long time. That kind of yes, a Doctor Who hasn't played me jump in a long, long time. Yep, that was just like oh. The skeleton in the hands. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was amazing. But the all I could think of was I wonder if that's the mother and the if the corpse that he has that he brought with him are the servants, are the mother and the child. That he has both of those. I don't think so because he said it he said it was it was um fifteen soldier. It was relics of war, wasn't it? So it yeah. was. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, okay. And he, he genuinely he, did have. He genuinely um, did have skeletons and, and uh, relics, relics and things like that, like that. In, uh, real in real life. Byron, he was obsessed with, with yeah. morbidity and death like and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, this is where you know when you're doing historicals, using famous historical characters, you have to be uh, faithful. To, yeah. to the history you yeah, have yeah. You know, obviously yeah, yeah. you have to have the drama but if you're going to put facts in about them then they have to be genuine facts because otherwise people will just check up on it and go oh no they didn't do that don't be so ridiculous and if, once you've once you've removed that side of things you've then taken away any believability if you can keep it all as much as possible factual you you sustain the believability within the drama Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean they, they, um, Polidori, he's, he's, he's famously slept walked. Uh, there was a, there was a, a, lo- a, lo- a lovely little mention of Ada, um, Lady Lovelace. Yes. Uh, and, and the Doctor, doctor getting the over. I thought that was nicely woven in. in. Yes. 
Yeah, I also thought this is, and this is the only time I can ever recall this happening. Is the the bit where where Graham's upstairs and the Doctor's talking through the fireplace? Graham actually says, "Can you hear me?" Mm-hmm. Which is the first time that I can I can think of, without going back and checking in depth, obviously, that the previous story's title has been mentioned mm. in the next story. If, if we had the story uh, yeah, of, a, yeah. of an episode mentioned within that episode, within that story, but not in the next story. Uh, you know, at no point uh, in Revenge of the Cybermen did the yeah, yeah. doctor say, oh, I was there at the genesis of the Daleks or whatever. You know, with, with obviously, yeah, yeah. You know, certain exceptions being Rose, for example. Castro Valvo, which might have mentioned Logopolis. Yeah, and, and on the, the subject of Castro Valvo, that really, the house was Castro Valvo. It was. It was a cross between Castro Valvo and the Horns of Naimon, that, wasn't it? Because, yeah. Um, yeah. Because oh, Shelley was actually um, was changing like the structure. They were going into rooms and it wasn't the rooms they were expecting to go into. So mm-hmm. not only did we have the old Escher, Escher thing of them going down the stairs or into a, or out of a room and then coming straight back into the room again but you had walk, opening a door and going into a room and hang on a minute this isn't the room it's supposed to be so that the the rooms were being moved around which yeah. i i did kind of struggle a little bit with with um with that uh, i i loved the whole um you know walking down the stairs or walking up the stairs and then coming back at the same point where they come in in the first place which is always looks really neat when you can do that and it's a very straightforward piece of camera trickery mm-hmm. um, yeah I did I did think the whole well, yeah I did I did think the whole the rooms well, around how on earth is he moving the rooms around how is he moving the structure in the house around just because he's got this Siberian that was the one part that I did feel was that was the one part that a little bit difficult to actually comprehend a little bit difficult I didn't mind that bit I didn't mind it. I, I'm, not, no, I'm not complaining no. about it. I just just felt that it was one yeah. of the bit. Everything else seemed to seem to sort of tie up so neatly, and make so, make such sense. This is the one thing that you thought, well, oh, hey. <laughs> Wouldn't it but, be yeah. wonderful if a master had Adric doing this? No. <laughs> <laughs> if the master went into an alternative universe and brought back or someone else that he could use. To create good old block transfer computation. Yeah, you can't beat a bit of block transfer computation. (laughs) So then uh, Polidori, who is obviously acting very strangely, so I think you're obviously expected to think that he's possibly something to do with it all, um, because Mm -hmm. of his uh, his sleepwalking and his rather extreme reaction to Graham and challenging him to a duel. Oh, that was brilliant, wasn't it, when he challenged him to a duel? Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, not that, to, uh, to yeah. Ryan, sorry, not to Graham, to Ryan. Yeah. Um, and then um, you will be his second. Graham said, no, I won't. And Ryan said, <laughs> cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but also, when he challenged him to a duel, Fl- Fletcher just went, oh. <laughs> as, if, yeah, as if to go, exactly. oh, God, not this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just he a, was wonderful. He was wonderful. Just such a it, it said such a lot with without saying anything really. Just you know, yeah. It's like he does it on a t- twice daily basis because we're challenging people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yes, that that was definitely set up as if to think, well, this this it's obviously got to be something with Polidori because he's 
you know, there's sleepwalking, so maybe he's doing something in his sleep. Maybe it's tying back to the previous episode with the nightmares, mm. you know, and it's something that he's doing. Is it? Is it that? Was there anybody who didn't think we were going to see any Cybermen in this story? No. I mean, maybe not before it started, but certainly once it once it was going. Did any was anybody surprised when the Cybermen or the Cyberman turned up? Not remotely. I I, no. I kind of figured no. that. It would be the... Well, I think we were all kind of expecting it because we know that we're getting close to the end of the series and we know that that lone Cyberman has to make an appearance somewhere. And if they yes. wait until the two-part finale, then, well, it's going to feel way too rushed. Do you know what I mean? It's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like we're enforced. Yeah, and also, of course, you're dealing with Mary Shelley. Yeah, and, the, and Frankenstein. The, the inspiration, the inspiration mm-hmm. for Frankenstein. Yeah. I, mean, I know that there have been a lot of questions about how this ties in with the Eighth Doctor travelling with Mary Shelley mm-hmm. for a while, whether it contradicts it, whether it negates it. Obviously, we'll, we need to find out exactly what's going on with the Doctor's past as to whether that's that's it. But I'm sure that there'll be a way of explaining it away somewhere along the lines <laughs> for yeah. those people who want to keep everything canon. I was, there was somebody, I think it was on the Prog to Who page where they were asking for people and there was somebody who was saying, oh, you know, this is, this is travesty, this is, con- this is contradict- contradicting the canon that was created in Big Finish with Mary Shelley and somebody else was saying, oh, this is, you know, it's not even that, it's even worse than that because there was a comic strip where the Doctor met Mary Shelley. <laughs> Oh, for God's sake! Oh, please! <laughs> and, I, and I just and I just said, um, oh, "This is I, I'm I'm absolutely appalled by this because this contradicts um, the poem that was scrawled on the toilets in the BBC canteen <laughs> when, about William Hartnell meeting Mary Shelley, and that was that's canon." <laughs> I, mean, I love big I love big finish, and I I do tend to take it most mostly as canon, but I don't care. I mean, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter to me. I mean, I mean, I love that particular no. story where it's it's called the Company of Friends, and it's one of four tales of different friends of the Doctor. And mm. I actually, I really like that story. And that's where I was getting drawing most of my reference from when I was saying, "Yes, this is a, I enjoy a really good ghost story. Please don't let them fuck this up." I wa- sat down and watched it, thinking, "Okay, this is what the big finish." how Big Finish dealt with it. And I thought it was fantastic. I I didn't see any problem with the two. I could see how they could parallel one another and the, you know, time is, in Doctor Who, time is fluid. There's, he could very easily show up on her doorstep as, in the incarnation he showed up as this horribly injured, burned person that same night after 13 and company leave. Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't, and they wouldn't know because it's a completely different. I mean, you have a woman that showed up first, and here's this guy, and he's dressed in the same clothing, you know, wearing the same kind of clothing they are, and they wouldn't have connected the doctor and the doctor the way we do because we're we're the audience outside right. looking in. Yeah, and particularly not. Uh, I mean, you know, under any circumstances, anyway, because of them looking completely different, but especially with one being male and one being female. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I did love the way they kept calling her Mrs. Doctor. Mrs. Doctor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, then the Doctor was saying, "Well, because Byron said it first of all, wasn't he? And that wasn't, didn't he?" And, mm-hmm. and the Doctor said, "Well, just Doctor will do." Which I think Byron potentially would have thought was a bit of a come on. Yeah. Because oh, not Mrs. Then okay, right. 
But he and was he just did. an outrageous flirt anyway, <laughs> wasn't he? Oh, and wow, please. This this whole this this whole episode was so easy on the eyes. Oh my god, it was easy yeah. on the eyes. Can you imagine if if oh. if Jack had been there? <laughs> Jack and Byron oh, would have gone off. <laughs> oh god, no joke, yeah. He would have been Byron the boner then, wouldn't he? Blimey. Oh, it was a beautiful episode. I think the boner, we... Byron the boner and the boned. Yes. <laughs> Just um, saying. Giving and receiving. It's, it's not not so easy to say either. God, did um, I go there? I, I think we, we, we have to mention... <laughs> <laughs> Sue just got the joke. <laughs> I think uh, moving hastily. On, I think um, we have to mention with the, the thing when they were going through the various different uh, relics and things that Byron had, had the hat. <laughs> oh, oh the yes, love a good love a good plume. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I would. I, Oh, I do wish she she would have said I should I should like a hat like that. <laughs> that would have been that would have been lovely, a lovely little uh, lovely little throwback. But uh, but yeah, we had that lovely line about um, how I, oh I, I may very well come back for the hat. Obviously, um, you know, for something that's useful, not just because it really suits me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she sat there with this bloody thing on her head that looks ridiculous. Not the first uh, time the doctor's worn a plume either. No, no. Uh, I also thought that there were. I mean, there's always going to be good lines um, in a in a historical episode where where the particularly in, of, involving authors and poets because the language is naturally going to be quite florid. But there were some some really really good lines in this. There was that that lovely little in, interchange when was it Claire who said, uh, "I do not I do not think they are from the colonies." And Byron says, "No, she is from somewhere much, much stranger than in Polynesia. The North. <laughs> the north. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> that was cute." Graham, at one point, after he's seen the um, he's seen the two ghosts for the first time, there's something seriously wrong with this gaff. <laughs> Just referring to this gaff. And then the Doctor had um, when. Um, when um, Polidori's gone so catatonic, <laughs> this pretty line: the lights are on, but he's gone on a mini break. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just, just that's brilliant. Great. I mean, this is the, the the best use of language I think I've seen in in a Chibnall script. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely, and probably the best line of them all, which is. After the Cyberman has appeared, the Doctor's explaining what the Cyberman is, and then says, "I will not lose anyone else to that." Mm. That that mm-hmm. sent a little chill down my spine. That yeah. mm-hmm. obviously, you know, referring back to Bill. Yeah. And how fucking magnificent did that Cyberman look? Oh, superb! Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God! I loved him. He was amazing. How ironic, though, that in some ways the best use we've had of the Cyberman is to have a Cyberman that's very much unlike the Cyberman because it's very emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My favourite part of the entire thing, and I mean, I loved the entire... The comedy, I loved all of it, but my absolute favourite part was when he picked up the child... Yeah. The Cyberman held him to his head, 
sweetly and said, "You will be like us," which oh, yeah. for him, for him, would have been, "I love you." It would not because a Cyberman wouldn't be able to say, "I love you," but he said, "You will be like us," and then that was a sweet, loving moment. And then he covered the child so that it could be found by the mother. That was so so. Sweet. There was also just just before then, because obviously the child William was, was hidden with the maid, wasn't she? In in the um, in the little chest thing, mm-hmm. um, and the cyber the Cyberman hears it. And then tries to sort of pad very quietly. <laughs> yeah, you can yes. see, and it's going, chush, 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 but it's still, <laughs> it's still sort of on tiptoes, trying to do that, trying to be quiet, but not being quiet at all. Uh, which I thought was was pretty. Well, and he kills the maid without any problem. Oh yeah, just <laughs> kills her. But then, but then the baby. Uh, later on, when when confronted by Mary Shelley about it, and and then said, "Were you a father?" and there's that mm-hmm. there's yeah. that lovely scene and you think oh she's got through to it and he sort of holds his head I was a father and, mm-hmm. and he said I did have children I slipped their throats when I joined the resistance that's one of the darkest that's lines in Doctor Who ever it seriously oh. is it seriously yeah. is and uh, for more historical context the reference to the fact being, uh, when the Cybermen said that the child was a runt and sick and yes uh, that again is true. The the child was sick in real life and short and did die shortly after. Oh right, okay, wow. Well, he died of, died of malaria. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. But the 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 fact that he still, you know, you will be like us and just just that that got me. Even though even though he he killed his own kids, even though the look that he gave Mary Shelley even was kind I think, and gentle. I think the implication was with the uh, with the kids you know I, I slit their own throats when I joined the resistance I think when he talked about joining the resistance he was talking about joining the Cybermen mm-hmm. yes yeah. so when he became yes. a Cyberman he slit their throats so that they could then become Cybermen mm. so basically he's turned his own kids into, into Cybermen possibly yeah that's um one in the eye for James Corden. <laughs> this love will conquer all thing. Clearly, that doesn't always work, does it? No. Or it was love. It was whatever, whatever a Cyberman's idea of love is. I'm making them like me. You will be like us. Yeah. You know, I'm bringing my kids into this. I'm loving them. I'm bringing them into everlasting well, life. The, th- the thing is was... that the, the, the Cybermen are all about the whole thing with the Cybermen. You know, certainly to begin with was all about survival. It was just about survival. Right. They weren't interested in conquest per se. They were just interested in survival and 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 keeping the species going, and then converting other people because it was the logical thing to do. Yeah, this is this this kind of message got lost over the years about about that. But clearly, you can't relate relay that to this particular Cyberman, Ashat, I believe. Um, the uh, mm-hmm. original character's name was, yeah. um, because obviously they, you know, hadn't undergone full conversion. Right. You know, by far the most emotive Cyberman we've we've seen, and this is even counting Danny Pink and the Revenge of the Cybermen Cybermen, who were previously the most emotional Cybermen that we'd ever seen. Um, but that bit when he gets transported back into the room and lets out that howl of anger. Hmm. And this was this was one of the reasons again why this was so so impressive because 
we had those lovely quiet moments like you said with the Cyberman with the with the, the you will be like us and um, and what have yep. you but then he could also he could just completely turn and be almost feral it almost felt like a Borg at some points it did mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah and the movement yeah. the movement as well you know yeah not not like the movement we've seen from the Cybermen previously just just jerks of the head and and stomping off and, and and a real sort of aggression in the movement as well really really well done mm-hmm. that actor was amazing. really well done they go off the, the side men goes off and they're, they're they're off looking for it aren't they they split up because mm-hmm. they're trying to find um whatever it is that the side man's looking for at that point and then there's some, something that goes on and oh is it Polidori says is it too late to join a, to uh, to choose another group yeah. <laughs> 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 that's great oh, so much brilliant when the doctor when the doctor finds the cyberman that's, this is my only criticism of the episode that that when the cyberman's recharging with the lightning and controlling yes. the elephant, uh, the elephant. <laughs> the, the el- <laughs> I missed the elephant. <laughs> controlling the elements. <laughs> uh, there was a little bit too much exposition there. I like. I know what recharging means. You don't need to bang on about it for half an hour. Yeah, that yeah, was that's but... my only criticism. But uh, I mean, it, yeah. in in such a, a forty-five minute episode, I, I know it, you know that can be forgiven. Yeah, I mean, we are in the era of exposition oh. at the moment. You know, mm. we're getting so much, so much explained to us. At times, we're getting things explained to us whilst things are happening that we can see, and yeah. they're still being explained. Um, you know, which is a little bit, um, a little bit redundant, one or the other. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's always been exposition in in Doctor Who. You know, normally, uh, you know, what is it, Doctor? And then the Doctor has to explain what what it is and what's going on, and that's where your exposition normally comes from. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think one of the reasons we're getting more recently is because the the stories have been so jam packed full of stuff, and they're only fifty minutes long, and the information has to get out there somehow. So I don't have a problem with exposition when it's done for the sake of time. It's just more of an issue, like you say, when it's something that's that's redundant that doesn't actually need to be explained because we can see it or you know they can show it rather than 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 explaining it. Yeah, that's where it becomes a more of a problem. Yeah. Yes. So uh, if you remember Jack's message, he said, and this is where I think that this is potentially a double bluff on this one, but he said. Um, the resistance sent something sent this thing back through time like the terminator <laughs> and obviously we know we're back in time and the assumption i think is going to be that it was it was the siberian that was sent back mm-hmm. so it certainly could explain that but if it's a double bluff then maybe the thing that was sent back through time wasn't that maybe it was the doctor was sent back through time changed which is maybe mm-hmm. where the Ruth Doctor comes into it, possibly. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the thing that was sent back through time is the timeless child. Maybe that's where that comes into it. But I think the immediate assumption that we have to draw is that the thing that was sent back through time was the Siberian. 
Yeah, because that does tie into that, and obviously it yeah. would ex- fits in with the whole you know message that he's giving about the lone mm-hmm. Cyberman. The um, absorption of what it wants. The absorption of the Siberium into Shelley was fantastic. Uh, that was so reminiscent of the um, uh, moon, base. moon Base or and Revenge of the Revenge. Cybermen yeah. uh, with the bite from the Cybermats. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that yeah. kind of effect, only done just so well. It oh, yeah. so good. Yes, well, it was... I mean, this is this is one of the advantages of having... CGI, you know, the stuff that was done in um, in Revenge and probably even in Moonbase would have been some sort of front actual pro- projection of something that was actually sort of p- temporarily tattooed onto the arm so that it, it it showed up like that. Whereas what you can do now is proper CGI; you can have it yeah. lighting up and what have you without even having to, to touch the person concerned. So. Well, that's to be said um, in Revenge of the Cybermen it's bloody effective I mean, it's it is not, bloody effective n- not the best mm-hmm. of stories but it's a damn effective special effect yeah, yeah it is indeed so anyway the, 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 the way of defeating the Cyberman is not to defeat the Cyberman <laughs> is to give it what it wants the one thing that Jack said never ever do do not under any circumstances give it what it wants but then the Doctor's left with this dilemma of what do I do do I let this man die and this is not just any man this is as she said a man whose whose words whose writings inspire and influence history really yeah influence history yes for for for, for generations to come i mean ryan's response to sort of fuck it let him die it's oh, one life against billions that was beautifully mm-hmm. cold and it her was. response was very yeah. You know, quite aggressively angry, Ag- aggressive and eloquent as well. The fact that you know that it's beautifully if, eloquent. If, yes, if uh, more elephants, um, it, it um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if 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 he dies, then his words don't have this influence on future. So history changes, and if the future changes, then then you might not be here. So are you prepared to let him die and then negate your own existence? Yeah, I mean this was Whitaker at her absolute best in my opinion. It was, and then that lovely, that lovely, um, that lovely line about um, this team structure isn't flat. Sometimes it's mountains. Oh yeah. You know this this continuing thing that we're getting this season about this. this, Oh shit! Oh, she's reversing again. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Yeah, about you know not all harmony between the Doctor and the companions and mm-hmm. you know the Doctor obviously saying this oh we've got this flat team structure and yeah but, whereas it's it's so obvious all the way through that you know she's calling the shots she's doing this and she, ultimately with this she's the one having to make the decisions and so she makes this decision and, and then Yaz says well I thought you had a plan yes I do have a plan this was step one of the plan okay well what's step one of the plan well you know, save the poet, save the world. What's step two? <laughs> fix the fuck up I made in step one. Fix, yeah. fix the fuck yeah. I made in step one. Yeah. It's just just brilliant and, and obviously perfectly leading into the next the next story. Mm-hmm. Or the next uh, well it is the next story, yeah. The, the next couple of yeah. episodes. Yeah. Which is unusual to get something like that because the Cybermen win in this one. The doctor has no immediate option but to succumb and say, "Right, okay, I can't beat you as things are at this moment in time." So give it, I'll give, give you it what the, you want. Give it the cyberjizz. 
and yeah and uh, you know I'll have to I'll have to come back and, and sort this out at a later date mm-hmm. which obviously yeah. is going to be within the next couple of episodes but you know, a lot is going to happen because we know that armies will rise and there's a cyber war coming and it's heavy stuff isn't it it's heavy heavy stuff it packed a lot yeah. in that episode didn't it heavy stuff and we had another yeah, mind melt <laughs> yes we had yet yeah. another mind melt for the that, that kind of bothers me that's getting that's getting old yeah I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that she actually. doesn't have to do that she can just think it and it's it's there and we nope we're going to touch you unless she really really wanted to touch him which he was quite cute so I can understand <laughs> that you're yeah. really horny throughout this episode aren't you I'm so. telling you this is fucking eye candy dude this whole episode was eye candy Sue this the, whole the season Cybermen. for you has been eye candy oh yes <laughs> well, oh god yes yeah. starting with Spyfall oh my god okay so then we go into th- well we've had uh, Sasha Dewan haven't we and then we've yeah. had um, oh, yeah. are we going to go through everything that's made Sue moist yes <laughs> <laughs> we start with Sasha Dewan I don't think oh my god I'm sorry Sasha I'm sorry <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't I did not say that I did not say that <laughs> good lord I'm not the one editing this I don't think there was anything in Orphan 55, was there, particularly, unless unless you've got a particular no. fondness for James Buckley. But then you've got the tennis player in um, Nikola Tesla. No, it was Tesla. Yeah, that's what I mean, the tennis player. Oh. Uh, All right. Goran Ivanisevic. Yes, oh, yes. You had him. And yeah, but, you know, he they, that was because of, of another, another episode, too, that's near and dear to my heart, so... Okay, go ahead. Sorry, what's he got to do with tennis? Goran Ivanisevic. He's a famous tennis player. Is he? Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Look it up. Goran? Yeah. And he became an actor. Like that. Well, see, I was <laughs> I, I was going from ER, from Luca in ER, because he was Luca in ER, which is a huge character. Yeah. I know yeah, I know so... nothing about tennis, so I didn't know that. No. He got that role because because of his experience with tennis elbow. <laughs> I'll explain this all later, listeners. Oh oh seriously, come on. Are you making are you making this all up? <laughs> you are making this up again. Damn it, you are an asshole, Miles. <laughs> screw you guys, I'm going home. Jesus. This happens every single. Uh, yep, I'm going home. That's it. Okay, keep going. Who else? I thought you were at home. Um, I mean, outside yeah. your home, admittedly. No, I'm outside in the car. Remember? Okay, who else? This episode. And then this episode, Jeff. No, yeah, well, yeah, we had we had the um, we had the your, your two chums from Praxius, didn't we? The gay couple from mm-hmm. Praxius. Oh yes. Oh yeah. They were. You hot, went. Yeah. You went all week at the knees with them. Yeah. I just thought the kiss was sweet. I just just thought the kiss was sweet. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And then of course everybody and in the episode. And we know that you and we know that you really had a you had really had a thing for the bald guy in Can You Hear Me. Oh, he was wonderful. <laughs> That's because we share baldness. What can I say? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that because we share balls. <laughs> no, we share baldness. Oh. Well, I hope you don't share fingers. Wait, wait a <laughs> second. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't even go on. And how long was this podcast supposed to last today? <laughs> We're getting close to finishing up now, but there will be no bitching then, about the uh, length of the podcast, Miles. No, 
Oh, no, no, it's all right. sorry we're, about that. You know, I said if we can keep it under an hour, that's fine, and we will be. Um, Here's the thing. Everybody had eye candy. It's been eye candy this whole season, and and that includes Graham. That includes Bradley Walsh, because he's he's been eye candy all the way through both seasons. <laughs> you troll um, No, I just think that he's a handsome gentleman. Very handsome gentleman. Side tracking from this for a moment. Something. This this sex fest. Did you notice that things went silent? Jesus. I no, mean... no, but it's, it's, this is this is just because we, we were going through the previous episode, and it reminded me of something that um, that I thought about that that may have a bearing, probably not so much in this season, but maybe in uh, in next season, depending on which, if any, of the companions uh, stays around. We had obviously in. Um, can you hear me? We had a lot more about Yaz's back history, mm-hmm. and the right. fact that um, that she ran away because of something that happened. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it was. We don't know if her reasons for running away. We know it's something to do with with you know depression, mental illness. We don't know if there's suicidal thoughts involved with that. But the two things that we do know was were that when they came to the celebration of it, that her parents weren't there, mm-hmm. which implies either they knew nothing about it or they wanted nothing to do with it. And the other thing that we know is that going right back to Spyfall, when Yaz was trapped on that, you know, the person's head, the alien environment mm-hmm. thing, after she came back, unlike anybody else, Yaz was extremely emotional and was crying and it was never mm. explained it was never gone into as to why but i'm wondering if this if that experience that she had there didn't in some way relate back to what happened that made her want to run away hmm. there's some food for thought for you mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah <laughs> everybody's just thinking about yeah. that now. well the the comment that she makes that shut everyone the fuck up hasn't it well, but the comment that she makes to the in the hall when the they're talking about relationships and she says mine's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, but mine's a little bit different. It was like, well, is she talking about Ryan or is she talking about the doctor? And my odds are on the doctor is that she's she came out and there might be I mean, the first thing you see in and can you hear me for her on the road when I said it was a revelation, when she was on the road, it almost looked like she was at the edge of a precipice. And then you saw that it was a road. It looked like she was at the edge of a cliff, the very first shot, and then boom, she was on a flat road. Interesting. And that's where the suicide thought came to mind. Mm. And then she had the revelation. Mm. And at the end, she shows up at the woman's home. And you never know who this woman is. I mean, you know who this woman is, but you don't know if this woman becomes anything more than just a mentor, because she says, "I've been where you, you know, I've been where you are." Yes, some somebody yeah. who is somebody who was there, who helped her and saved her, and and basically inspired right. her to become a police officer. Not, of course, Yaz is a police officer. We know this for a fact. Nor does she specialise in dust, or as a proctologist, or as a dentist, or any of this. <laughs> well, okay. So there is another thing I brought, I want to bring up too, because this might feed into the next episode in Graham's nightmare when Grace says why didn't you save me on the side of her head 
it looked like she was a Borg. There was a something on the side of her head that looked metallic. And it really looked like Seven of Nine on the side of her head. And I thought, my God, is that supposed to be hinting to the Cybermen coming up? That Didn't something that. is... Yeah, and it was quick, and it was weird, and I thought, God, there's something glint. Oh, she looks like a Borg. Could she be... Could this be leading into the Cybermen thing? Well, I, I had wondered. It, I had wondered, you know, with all the talks of, of Graham's cancer and what have you, if is that was there a possibility that something was going to sort of manifest itself with that and Graham go to some sort of hospital to only to discover that they are actually replacing organs which then turns out to be something to do with the Cybermen but I don't think that that's where we, where, a direction we're going to head down because <clears throat> I think it would it would be far too quick for anything like that to be introduced now my my thought was because I'm pretty I'm I'm convinced that we're going to lose a companion or maybe two in the finale. Uh, oh, certain... right. You mean, and when you say lose, you mean? <laughs> well, cyber conversion, I would think. Right. But I wonder. Yes. I wonder if yes. Graham will be spared because he's got cancer and is therefore too sickly, too weak, too imperfect ah. to be a Cyberman. I, I, don't, I don't think so, because the whole thing with the Cybermen in the first place was that they replaced the bits of them that wore out with mechanical parts. So, you know, if Graham has, has a part of him that's cancerous, then they remove that part of him and replace it with machinery. Mm. So that's, Unless that's, he's... Yeah. That would actually tie into the whole thing. But I don't think that's yeah. where we're heading. I do think potentially, you know, if we are going to lose lose companions to that then if it is anything to do with with graham's cancer then it will be graham feels that he has to he has to stop and maybe ryan doesn't want to leave him on his own because he doesn't have grace anymore so he stays with him you know or something like that or who knows but i think i think you're right i think we're i would be very very surprised if we went into series 13 still with three companions i think there would be a, a, a lot of uh a lot of people complaining about that because they feel that the TARDIS is overstaffed as it is. Um, well, I think Ryan's going to go, for sure. I think but so. I could see. Ryan, I think it's either Ryan. I think Ryan. I I don't know if they're going to if it's going to be a cyber conversion so much with Ryan because he keeps questioning: Is this my life? Is this how it's yes, always right. going to be? And they're starting to feel like the team structure is not flat. It's not equal. It's not linear. The doctor's the one who's pulling the strings and making the decisions, and you get a little bit of this. Yeah, Yaz and 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 Ryan both were feeling a little bit manipulated. They seem to feel a little bit mm. manipulated. So my thoughts are th- that the doctor's going to have to make another one of those difficult, impossible choices, and they're both gonna have a realization. You know, fuck it, we're expendable. We're out of here. And they're just they're gonna have that yeah. they're gonna have that Tegan moment where. Tegan sees the dark side of the Doctor in um what was it um Resurrection, uh, Resurrection. Resurrection yeah. of the Daleks. Tegan has that revelation that the Doctor isn't all fun and light, and it's not just a great adventure. That a lot of good people died today, and she's just like, I can't do with this anymore, and just walks off. And I think we're heading yeah, for that moment. And the reason I don't think it's going to be the reason I don't think it's going to be cyber conversion is we just saw that um two seasons yeah. ago mm-hmm. with Bill. And the doctor, you well, know, we've had it. We've had it twice in four seasons. Yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. 
So we we really don't need that kind of thing going yeah. on again. Yeah, it would cheapen the cheapen the stories, I think, mm-hmm. with what we've gone through. Yeah. If that's what they, if that's how they resolve this. And also, of course, we're you know we're we're going into a situation where we're you know we're going into a battle zone. We're going into a mm-hmm. war zone, and yeah. there are going to be a lot of casualties with this. And that is the kind of thing that could lead to one of these. You, you know, I I can't. I can't go through this again. I can't see this again. I've reached the point where I feel that my time, you know, with you has to end, kind of thing. That, that would make more sense, especially with the sort of almost unintentional references to the past episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I think that the the references to the past episodes are intentional from a writer's standpoint. I don't think, from a plot standpoint, they're necessarily all all intentional. But I do think that we are following a character arc with the current companions. And the one thing that the the series always had that people did tend to say was a bit of an issue up to potentially Ace, and possibly not including Ian and Barbara, potentially, was that there, there tended not to be particularly any character development within the companions. They arrived and they fundamentally stayed as they were from beginning to end. Whereas, quite clearly, this is something that's definitely not happening now. We are definitely seeing character development in a particular character. We've seen it with, with Martha, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, cert- we've certainly seen it with Clara. Um, I think we've seen it with Amy and Rory. We've definitely seen it with Donna. Who I heard... And we're definitely seeing it, seeing it with the current crop. Yes, sorry, who, who you've heard... Rory and Amy, uh, that uh, Chibnall wants to bring them back. Aren't they a bit dead? No, they're back in the past. They are a bit dead, but he has made a comment that he wants to bring them back, and it's like, oh, really? Yeah, well, I, I saw that too. It was a it was a longer story, and the, whoever chose the headline chose to emphasize that, but he was listing a bunch of characters from the past that he yeah. would like to consider bringing back, and they were among them. Was Susan one of them? Yeah, I mean, there's... there's it wasn't specifically them. There's, there's no reason why they couldn't uh, be. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, the, the Doctor has said that the TARDIS cannot go to New York in 1938 or thereabouts, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't stop the TARDIS from arriving in 1938 somewhere else, and the Doctor making yeah. her own way there, maybe somewhere else in America and then just just travelling to get to them or maybe just landing in that sort of time period or after that sort of time period mm-hmm. and Amy and Rory happen to be around travelling somewhere and bumps into them purely by oh. chance. Yeah. It's anything like that is possible so it's, it's certainly not out of the question and you know they've, they've been in the show recently enough that they would look fundamentally the same. Mm-hmm. The yeah. biggest problem with that might actually be getting hold of Karen Gillan because she's a Mega star now. She's a Hollywood yeah. star. So yeah, yeah. Finding a gap in her schedule when she's not recording some other movie now is going to be is going to be difficult. But possibly as a as a small cameo, it might be, mm-hmm. might, be might be possible. But then would that be a waste of bringing bringing a character back? I don't know. Will this happen in the next story, listeners? Will we be getting no anything returning in the next story? Uh, we've seen the we've seen the trailer, and there's you know we're on a we're in the distant future and there looks to be it's almost like it was a bit from the war games wasn't it there was a clip of two people on a battlefield it looked like they were in period soldier dress and what have you so a lot of excitement to come 
uh, in next week's episode. But to conclude this episode, I think we need to give it a score. So, Randy. Uh, I guess I'm going to say probably 9.5. Shying away from 10 only because I'm expecting one or both of the remaining episodes to exceed it. Yes, okay. Uh, if that makes Robin? sense. Yeah, no, no, no. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Randy, like 9.5, simply because... I mean, it was a stellar episode, but I it, I have very high expectations of the last two. Sue? So. Ten. Just surprise. like Jejun. Yes, that's ten. a surprise. <laughs> uh, absolutely a ten. Because I can see multiple episodes being a ten. Jadun was a ten. This is mm-hmm. a ten. Tesla, for me, was a ten. I loved it. Uh, no, what was that? I, I think Tesla was a nine. nine. But, um, yeah, this was definitely a ten. In many ways. Okay, and Darren? Uh, this one was a 10 for me. Woo! Crap! I am going to put my bollock on the line and say that that was a 10. <laughs> well done. High five, high five with you, Darren. High yes. five, boobs. Mm. <laughs> high five, <laughs> sexy! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I think I'm going with a 9.5 as well. Just simply, again, I'm leaving myself a little bit of room for, for something. If there's something that absolutely... <laughs> floors me then yes I will you know I'll give a 10 but you know like like others I I tend to leave a little bit of a little bit of room for Mm -hmm. maneuver even my favorite story of all time City of Death I give a 9.95 to I still leave that tiny (laughs) that tiny little tiny little bit you tight bugger (laughs) I know well, because if something comes out that's better than it how do you get Mm -hmm. better than a 10 a 10 out of 10 yeah it's possible to have two things at a 10 yeah, but if something if you consider something to actually be better than something, <laughs> then it has to score higher. And if you can't score higher than ten out of ten, then where do you go? So it it tends to just to be a matter of necessity just to leave you know, even if you're only leaving one out of a thousand, just leave something just in case there is something else there that creeps <laughs> in behind. And then you might have to get down the to thing, decimal points. <laughs> the thing that I'm the the most frightened of is that it is going. I I can't watch the trailer, and that it's going to be such rapid cuts, such yeah. flashing, such craziness, such strobing, that I am not going to be able to watch the next two episodes. Well, we That's don't. My biggest we fear, don't know. I don't. I, I don't think we're going to get, um, you know, a, 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 a fifty-minute battle sequence going on. No. There was what looked like um, some sort of warp travel going on at some point, which looked particularly impressive, but that would obviously be a problem for you. Um, yeah. And if there's gunfire going on and it's lasers, then there's going to be flashing. So I think there is, there is definitely going to be an element of, of, a, of a problem for you. But, you know, we saw, like I said, we saw two people on a battlefield. Uh, we've seen the, the, that lone Cyberman stomping around, you know, outside. So there's clearly going to be bits of it which are going to be watchable for you. So I just, and, just and hope I'll it's be not able too to flashy. Yeah, and I'll be able to listen like I think I did once before where I streamed it and I just listened. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and, that, and that was great, except if it's very quiet and you truly don't know what the hell it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, where are they? Hopefully they're going to be able to give give the visually impaired because that's basically what I would be at that point. I give the visually impaired an idea of what's going on. Do you not yeah. have um, audio description in your country? 
No, you know I don't. We have the the um, closed captioning, captioning for closed the captioning. here for for the harder for the deaf. It. Yeah, yeah I have subtitles, but over here on it. over here on Skype, we've got a thing called our audio description, which tells you what's actually going on. So someone hmm. sort of narrates oh. the the myth, the the, the uh, yeah the silent bits. See, that would be amazing. Yeah, narrated subtitles basically yeah. instead of instead of written subtitles. So that would be amazing because I have not I have not heard of that for us over here. Just hmm. just the closed captioning, and I mean they're just starting to get into closed captioning where they're saying all or most TV shows need to have closed captioning because before some did, some didn't. There was no rule. Now there's going to be a law that yeah. it is a fast and everybody does. Well, maybe in effect. Well, I think nearly all do now. I think that law's already in effect. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it is because I supported a Kickstarter campaign of a short film that they haven't been able to release the DVD, which was one of the Kickstarter perks in the U.S. because they had to worry, work out the closed captioning part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying that they're that they're going to have to get and it was more. and it was pro- and it was a film that was it was a film that was produced in in the UK. I would say over here, so. a good ninety five percent of stuff, uh, even sort of TV programs, soaps, nature documentaries, everything like that, is all subtitled. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the, they they had a deal where um, they were talking to people about if you want to get into a booming business or a booming area closed captioning is it mm. well you've got your own because closed captioning haven't you because you've got randy so <laughs> the, well kind of with a blanket over my head what's going mm-hmm. on what's going on but he yeah. is not the best person f- to describe what's going on what's going on um well um tell me what's going on real time not like 30 minute lag here <laughs> it's hard to describe okay forget it <laughs> well, hopefully there will be a lot to describe um, in next week's yeah. episode, or I, I should say in Sunday's episode, because we're only, mm-hmm. as we record it, less than two days away from that now. Yeah. yeah. Which means that in less than nine days, the season is finished. Yeah. Which is, uh, I think, it's like sad. eighteen months. Yeah. But well, we don't know. We don't know exactly. We don't know exactly. The rumours are that that filming is going to start in the autumn, which could be as early as August here and it tends to be just over sort of 12 months from starting filming that they start they start showing so the suspicion is that yes we're going to have like an 18 month wait but there's nothing being confirmed about it and you just don't know just which don't just know. means big finish <gasps> yes, yeah and there's audio description for you so that ties that up nicely mm-hmm. right so, listeners, please join us next week as the tension wraps up and certain things hopefully will get answered for our review of Ascension of the Cybermen. Not Rise, Ascension. <laughs> Not the same thing at all. <laughs> See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Fairly well. Well, there you have it, listeners. We tried to keep it short. We couldn't. <laughs> it's just too much to talk about. God knows how we're going to manage with the last two episodes. Um, particularly as we're hoping to have some other voices available when we get to those. No promises. We haven't got there yet, but let's see what we can do. So, uh, in anticipation of that, join us next week and see who we might have as a special guest. <laughs> Are you excited? I am. See you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
remarkably subdued. And the thing that goes ding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. You know, because if I, in order to keep the sound up so that I can hear you guys, I just has, have somebody messaging in. <clears throat> so they're like, oh, crap, here comes the ding. So I said, I will, and I, and I even said, I'm recording a podcast, da, 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 ding. The, 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 the dings are all right, as long as they don't happen whilst you're actually saying something. If it's on your audio stream and it dings, then obviously, unless you're saying something at the same time, I can, I can just cut it out. I, I, I turn my dinger off, Jeffrey. <laughs> George. You like to play with the dinger. <laughs> let's, let's all play with our wangers. Uh, uh, yes. Let's all play with our dinger. <laughs> if that makes the show, I'm killing you. I'm yeah. like this really high-pitched whine, and I'm like, where in the fuck is that coming from? I think that was Sue. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it was a, it was so, it sounded like a motor, like fan motor, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, that's what I said. It was. Did it like pick up me. off my laptop, or if it was something else? It's me. It's that me was, because I oh, have a meter okay. on. It was Sue's batteries. Oh, okay. But nothing. I mean, I mean, nothing is as beautiful as my Randy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Hold on uh, a second. I said that without. I said that without laughing. You heard me. No, I'm <laughs> Don't spoil it, Sue. <laughs> Nothing is as sweet as my honey. Oh. My honey in there. Yeah. Not even me. You're yes, you, Darren. You you are as sweet, but you're you're just infinitesimally, just just a teeny bit less sweet. Just a teeny bit less sweet than Randy. So what you're oh, basically you saying then? <laughs> Is that Darren is nine point nine five? Yes. Because <laughs> you couldn't give him a ten. Because if he did, then Randy couldn't have the ten. You see, so. It's, yes, that's right. Randy is the ten. You are the nine. I'm the spare nine, in the cupboard. <laughs> Don't tell me I'm. I'm, I'm scoring about four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> no, Miles, you're right up there too. You're right up there too. Nine point nine four. Nine point nine five. Robin is nine. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know my ranking. Sue, Sue I, I'd stop. I'd stop digging if I was you. <laughs> I said shit on a tit. <laughs> you wonder why, Whippy, you have trouble attracting women. <laughs> Most women don't like that. What, but there are some that do. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to know them. <laughs> Can't say it's ever appealed to me. Either <laughs> either either receiving or doing or, or giving, but there you go. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to bed now before I get in nightmares. Sweet it's possibly too mm-hmm. late now. I shall, I shall be dreaming about being only third in the in the pecking order. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh <laughs> my what god! You did Sue. You hurt Miles' <laughs> ego. 9.94, and Robin is right there too. So what can I? Nine point nine three. How's that? You guys, right, right there. So basically, Robin, what Sue's saying is that you're bottom of the list of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. 
You are Colin Baker. <laughs> mm. she, she loves you, but just not as much as the rest of us. <laughs> Robin, you know I love you. You're equal to me. I didn't say where I was, guys. <laughs> I, I love I'm below all of you. <laughs> I'm below all of you, honey. If you'd like to get involved with Doctor Who's Lunders in any way, there's many different ways that you can do so. Obviously, we're always looking for cast members. So if you just fancy having a go, having a go at a bit of improv, the more people we can get involved, the better the chance of actually recording something and therefore producing new episodes for you to listen to. Uh, so you can reach us through Twitter, through Facebook, any one of us you can speak to, myself, Kat, Suki, Robin, Sue, any one of us. Just let, let us know that you're interested and we'll get you in, on board and you can have a go. You can also, if you like, try your hand a bit of editing. My new job is taking up a lot of my time and therefore I'm not getting much of an opportunity to do much editing and I can't do much at the moment anyway because all the files are in the ether. But if we produce new stuff, it would be nice if somebody else would like to have a go at that. So you can do that. Obviously, if you fancy producing sound effects, music, ideas for plots, ideas for uh, characters, anything like that, we'd be more than grateful to receive them and we'll instigate anything that we can for you. And of course it always helps to uh, boost our, our ratings, boost our public profile if we can get likes and comments on things like iTunes. So if you've listened to the podcast and you like what you hear, just stick a few stars on it for us. Just write a little review. It would be very much appreciated. And if it gets us out there, more people hear us, more people might be interested in joining in. We might get more cast as a result of that. It keeps the podcast going. So any assistance you can give us in that direction would be very much appreciated. And as mentioned previously, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. So until then, cheerio. From all of us here on BBC One... A very good night. Good night.